to get to the next level. In fact, Jeremy had phoned to say that he had some crucial business to discuss with the headmaster of New Gallatin Academy, and would have to put participation in the Cherry Cola Book Club on hold for the time being. You sound so mysterious, she had told him that afternoon. If something's wrong, I'd like to know about it and try to help. I'm afraid this is all on me, he had replied. But I hope to be down next weekend with some very good news as a result of all my machinations. Meanwhile, the January 29th meeting of the book club was minutes away from starting up at exactly seven o'clock. As she had done for last year's get-togethers, Morabeth and her trusty assistant, the sweet and eternally diplomatic Renette Posey, had arranged all of the library's folding chairs in a semicircle in front of the circulation desk. Yes, the setting continued to have a crowded and make-do quality about it, but it had served its purpose. After last November's successful showdown with Councilman Sparks during Cherico's budget hearings, the club had every reason to hope that their numbers would continue to grow and keep the library viable in the eyes of the city council. Yet no one could forget that City Hall had given the library only a one-year reprieve. Beyond that, nothing was guaranteed. Finally, it was time for Morabeth to take her position behind the podium, where she slowly surveyed the crowd. Besides her alternative family, she was pleased to see that her best friend, Periwinkle Lattimore, had come on her day off. As the owner, chef, and even chief bottle washer of Cherico's most popular restaurant, The Twinkle, she would definitely add an uninhibited, down-home touch to the proceedings. Then there was Mr. Parker Place, the Twinkle's accomplished pastry chef, freshly hired in the aftermath of the closing and demolition of the old-line Memphis Grand Shelby Hotel. Even Mora's hairstylist, tall, blonde Tara Monroe, of edgy Cherico tresses, had kept her promise to become a library user and reader of romance novels once again. And certainly not to be overlooked, the dressed-to-the-teeth Crumpton sisters, Mamie and Marydell, the town's wealthiest spinsters and inveterate users of the library's genealogical resources were also in attendance. I'm excited to see so many familiar faces here tonight, Morabeth began, trying her best to make eye contact with as many people as possible. Momentarily, she found the process a bit dizzying and decided to stay put on the gaze of her expert treasurer, Connie McShay. I see some of you who helped the library over the hump last November at the budget adoption, and your continued participation is crucial if we are to keep the city council at bay. Unfortunately, we know that Councilman Sparks is still intent on constructing that industrial park north of town. He'd like nothing better than to use the library's funds to get that project off and running. It was Miss Von Sill who spoke up first. But don't you think we've earned some breathing room here, Morabeth? All those voter signatures on the petition made Durden back off pretty quickly, I think. In case anyone has noticed, he's not here tonight, breathing down our necks in the way he did every meeting we held last year. That has to be a good sign. In fact, it was a carefully worded threat by Miss Von Sill that changed the councilman's tune. The avid researcher found that a fund had been established long ago to support the library, money that seemed to have walked away on its own. In Cherico, Mississippi, 
there was nothing like misappropriated funds to spoil an election. From that point on, it was clear that Cherico's head honcho wanted no part of shining a flashlight in that forgotten dark corner. We can't take anything for granted, however, Morabeth answered, wagging her index finger. Councilman Sparks may not be here tonight, but we know he has his eye on us. We must continue to build the buzz about the library. I think we'd all agree that there was too much dust gathering on the shelves for far too long. And don't think the powers that be didn't notice it. It even got back to me last year that Councilman Sparks once jokingly referred to us as the Rip Van Winkle Memorial Library. But we know better now. The Cherry Cola Book Club has aroused from its slumber. The diverse crowd delighted in the metaphor, and there was a great deal of head nodding around the semicircle. Meanwhile, we have some brief but important business to discuss.